Broadcasting from the world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Okay, so sorry guys, I forgot to turn on my mic. So, um, they, they're just now hearing me, Tim. Um, up to this point, they did not hear me. Reboot. Yeah, I had to, had to kind of <laughs> kind of had to reboot here. But uh, that's what I get for not turning on my microphone, I guess. So, again, guys, welcome to live show, episode 39 for May 2020. So, um, obviously, my name is Jonathan Leung, and I'm sorry you couldn't hear the intro earlier. So, um, hopefully, oh, hang on. They're saying they still can't hear us. I've got the mic on, and I see the audio, guys. Can you, can you not hear me still? Let's see. I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're having technical difficulties, Tim. I see the audio here. Anybody? Testing one, two, three. No. I I don't know. No. Oh oh, there he is. I'm getting it. There he is now. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I think we have it now. Okay, it took a while. Okay, technical difficulties. Oh, Tim's off to the side now. What was that? Oh, check your phone. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> there you go. Um, well, the funny thing is that you and me could hear each other, but I didn't have the mic turned okay. on for me. They could hear you, but they could not hear me. So I think we're all good. Okay. So we're going to continue on here as we go. So again, guys, welcome to Live Show Episode 39 for May 2020. My name is Jonathan Liang. I'm the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today is Mr. Tim Peterson, Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself. There we go. Okay, Tim. So uh, obviously you already heard how you're doing. Now, you know, a lot of people may not realize that you did switch over from Mr. Geist to, to Dairy Queen now. So how's Dairy Queen been working out for you? It's been good because it's been really busy, uh, especially with the drive-through and stuff. And um, But um, it's been a different change, you know. A um, lot... No video games, no arcade games. Uh, I miss uh, some of the entertainment parts of it, and I miss pizza a lot because I happen to like it. But I also like ice cream, so it's a good trade-off. There you go. <laughs> All the blizzards you can eat, is that how it goes? I wish. <laughs> I'd be in trouble if that was the case. There you go. Well, we're glad to hear that things are going well for you. Now, guys, we do want to remind you that you can interact with us during the show by by uh, leaving us a message in the live chat, your your questions, your comments, or whatever you have for us. We'll be happy to take those as we go. Tim, we have a lively live chat that was good enough to let me know that they couldn't hear me, which is good. But um, we've got uh, Rusty is here, who is half of the um, Question and Answer podcast duo, along with Eric. That's really awesome. It's glad to have you here, Rusty. YouTube Punk is here. Greg is here tim and then we got the real hammer billy lee is here jason uh, steverson's here louise cortez is here um seahorses at night is here the whole gang is here tim for live show episode 39 so we're looking forward to uh, answering some questions now tim you're wearing a shirt that we bought in order to support some arcades correct yes can you can you see it let me put let's say you may have to stand up a little bit there we go pixel blast arcade correct yeah so there you go. So that's one of the ones that we purchased. And I am wearing another one of the ones that we purchased in order to help arcades that are struggling right now. And that is Arcade Galactic, which is owned by Adam, who is the same Adam that runs ArcadeHeroes.com, Tim. So uh, we bought these shirts, of course, to help out arcades. And so if you know of arcades that are struggling right now, we do encourage you to uh, buy some merch or gift cards or some other things. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But um, just want to remind you guys that there's a lot of arcades that are hurting. So make sure you can help them out if you can. 
So, oh, um, YouTube Punk says, uh, back in the day, my DQ had at least two arcade games. That is correct. Uh, Tim, I believe some yeah. of the games that I have actually came from a Dairy Queen. If you remember that bulk buy I did, a uh, guy here local had several games that he bought from Dairy Queen. You remember that? I remember that. So, yeah, Dairy Queens used to have more games. Um, it was something... You know, that uh, something that obviously has gone out, I guess, with, with the 90s, I guess, is when they started to really phase it out. But it was a part. And maybe, Tim, you can bring it back. So, Yeah, I, I need to at least put a couple games in there make some extra money. There you go. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, Tim, I'm not seeing any questions in the live chat at this point. But we'll go ahead and move on with some of the questions that we got. Oh, Rexer Show's here, too. I see him. Uh, all sorts of people, Tim. Like I said, we got a, a lively live chat tonight, so we're looking forward to having a great show with you guys here. So let's go ahead and move into our questions. And the first one, Tim, we have is from Ethan. So I'm going to go ahead and put this up here. And Ethan says, hello, I was hoping you might be able to help me figure out how to repair my vintage Miss Pac-Man arcade. I want to be clear that except for changing fuses a couple of times and replacing the frayed plug when I originally purchased it, I have not touched or moved anything else in the cabinet. It appears as I bought it five years ago on eBay. Up until the moment I plugged it into the ungrounded socket, it worked perfectly. Now I just have a black screen and occasionally it hums. Sadly, I don't possess enough personal knowledge of how to repair these machines to deduce what it could be. Now, Tim, I think he goes on here. I have checked to make sure all the fuses are working and even had a local computer guy check it out about a year ago, but he had no idea what was wrong with it. The machine did come with a manual that I spent hours combing through, but I just can't comprehend enough of the specifics to use it properly. After the ungrounded plug-in incident, the screen was black with no sound. When I turned it on a week later, it had striped lines on the screen and no sound. Then a couple of days later, I turned it on and it was working perfectly with sound. While I was playing it, it suddenly stopped and hasn't worked since. When I plug it in now, I can even hear a hum. I don't know if any of this helps. I just love this machine so much and it is killing me that I can't figure out how to get it fixed. Plus, I live in a semi-remote area or location, so there are limited options to find someone locally with the ability to fix it. So anything you might be able to do, suggest, etc. would be a great appreciation to me. Thank you. So, Tim, we've got Ethan here who wrote a lot here about his Miss Pac-Man, but he's obviously really upset that it's no longer working, and so he's wondering what he can do to fix it. Now, Tim, before we get on to uh, answering, answering the question, I do want to show these photos that he sent. And so, Tim, uh, these were two of the photos that Ethan sent, and probably the two that I think uh, were the best of the of the bunch that kind of showed us what was going on. And you'll see here, it looks like his daughter card may be missing its ribbon cable. And so, um, yeah, that's the first thing I know. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and throw that to you. Uh, Tim, what do you think is going on here with uh, Ethan's Miss Pac Man? Well, if it is an original Miss Pac Man board, you got the main Pac Man old school board that connects to a daughter card via ribbon cable that enables it or turns it into kind of a Miss Pac Man. And it looks like his is unplugged. You can see that ribbon cable dangling uh, in the picture. So hopefully he can just reattach that ribbon cable. I know there are plenty of you uh, could just video images of a, I mean uh, Google images of a Miss Pac-Man board, and he would see that video. I mean that ribbon cable plugged up, and uh, that may solve his issue. Uh, another thing he needs to check his voltages. If it's original Pac-Man, you know it goes takes the AC voltage. It doesn't convert it to DC until on the board, so he needs to make sure his voltages are correct. But you know, especially these 
um, older style Pac-Mans, you know, all of them, you check your, um, where the connector goes on the board. We've had a lot of issues. You remember you've had, we, we've probably one behind you, uh, you know, where you kind of wiggle the, the thing and it'll come on or work or not getting a good connection there. Those are kind of notorious for that. But that, uh, immediately looking at that ribbon cable being disconnected was the first thing that caught my attention. Yeah, and that's the main reason I shared those pictures. Uh, Ethan sent a lot of pictures to his credit, but those were the only ones that I, I saw that really spotted something that may have been out of place. Now, Tim, obviously, I mean, we're, we're talking about the harness connector is what we're talking about. And Tim, as you know, when you're feeding AC voltage to those, sometimes those pins on the board fry, get fried a little bit. And, you know, they've got the pack yeah. mend kits that you can get, and they've got other ways to fix that. But it's not... It's very common for those uh, for those uh, pins at the harness connector to get damaged because of the amount of voltage that's going through them. And so definitely want to check your voltages all the way around here, Ethan, to make sure that everything is working properly. So check the AC going into the board, uh, make sure it's getting there, and then check the DC on the board as well to make sure you're getting that. Tim, anything else before we move on with the, with the next question? No, I don't think so. There you go. Now, Rusty also said in the live chat that he needs to check the fuse block, and obviously that's a really good place as well. I mean, anything in that power supply section is probably what we're leaning towards at this point, right, Tim? Right, yeah, just because you replace the fuses, everybody, well, I say everybody, we, we all know there's a common problem when you got the hum of that fuse block, and uh, so might be a good chance to go ahead and replace that. Sometimes... You think the fuse is in there, but it's really not making a good connection or it didn't go in the clip all the way. And even by just replacing all the fuses, he could have accidentally had one that's not connecting very good. Exactly. So definitely need to double check that as well, Ethan. So Ethan, like we mentioned, make sure that that daughter card is hooked up. That's a big deal. Um, Tim, you'll notice in that picture too, I think it was the 2-bits daughter card. It was not an original daughter card, which I found very interesting. Um, I you know, I don't know if I've actually worked with one of those or seen one, but I mean, I'm sure it works just like anything else. 2-bit stuff tends to be really good, right? Well, either that or it may not need a daughter card. I couldn't really tell from the pictures. It, they may have done something on the board and just left the ribbon cable dangling for whatever reason. True. Um, but the, maybe but it doesn't have a daughter card. I was about to say, but the fact that they have a rib, ribbon cable dangling and then the ribbon cable connector on the daughter card is disconnected, it's kind of a big giveaway. I would think that if they had if they had used the, uh, the modded uh, if they had modded the board to not use the dark card, that they wouldn't have left the ribbon, ribbon cable on there. I could be wrong about that, but it seems like that would have been the case. So definitely, I think yeah. he should connect it back up. Even even if it is already been modded to not um, to not use it, I still think it needs to probably be hooked up at this point. So anything else for Ethan? All right. No, thanks. Sounds good. So, Ethan, hopefully that answers your question. And good. actually, did I show – I'm going to go ahead and show the slide. I don't think I did that real quick, so let me show the slide. From your pictures, it looks like the ribbon cable that goes from your main Miss Pac-Man board to your daughter card has been disconnected. Try reattaching this ribbon cable to your daughter card and see if it helps your issue. Also, make sure that your board is getting the correct voltage. Pac-Man boards take AC voltage and convert to DC on the board. Check to see if your AC voltage is getting to the board from the transformer. And that is, it is converting it to the correct DC voltage. Now, Tim, of course, if you don't, if you don't trust the AC to DC conversion on the board, you could always just go ahead and put a um, switching power supply in there as well, correct? Yeah. Because, I mean... In fact, we recommended a lot on Miss Pac-Man Pac-Man game. Absolutely. So, if you don't want to mess with all that, it may be worth... Now, you'll need to make sure that your harness pins are in good shape in order to accomplish that, but you may just be better off hooking up a, a standard switching power supply in there 
uh, which may help you get it working as well, Ethan. So, Ethan, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting that Miss Pac-Man back up and running. And, and Tim, the fact that it's working intermittently probably means that it is like either a connection or maybe uh, something that he, um, like, or maybe a little voltage issue or something like that that should be should be solvable, correct? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've worked on one where the connector goes down. Just even reconnecting it or wiggling that a little bit, they're not. A lot of times, they're not making good connection any longer. And there's some other fixes for that, but that can at least troubleshoot to where the problem is. We do highly recommend the Pac Men kit. Absolutely, if that's the case. Yeah, sounds good. So, hopefully, that answers your question, uh, Ethan. And good luck with getting that Miss Pac Man back up and running. Oh, okay, got a couple of things here. Um, Jason Steverson says Taco Bueno in Louisville, Texas, had a lot of games in the '80s. So it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Dairy Queens, Tim. Yeah, I think uh, every Seven Eleven, they were games everywhere. Absolutely, and you know, Tim, I don't know if you noticed around here, we're actually getting a couple of Seven Elevens. We have not had Seven Elevens here ever, and uh, there's a couple that are being built around here. So we'll actually, you'll be able to get your, uh, you know, whatever kind of uh, what slurpee. Yeah, and get your slurpees you get and all that kind of stuff. So. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, I remember him back at 7-Eleven. I remember uh, I lived in the Dallas area for a short time and you'd always see games there. So, hey, they can make a comeback. You never know. So, um, The YouTube... first time I ever played Pac-Man was in a Safeway grocery store. There you go. Uh, probably the first time I ever played Marvel Super Heroes was in a grocery store, Tim. So um, it's just amazing where games pop up. The first time I played Mortal Kombat was in a Walmart. Okay. So I think, you know how Walmart had that little entryway before you went to the yeah. main store? You kind of had like the double doors. I remember in that double door section, they would put uh, games in there. And I remember the first time I played Mortal Kombat was in that double door section. So, But uh, YouTube Punk also sent in his donation, Tim. So we want to thank you, YouTube Punk, for donating. We always appreciate it. So uh, we'll definitely put that money to good use. And I do want to mention that, uh, Tim, on the last live show, we mentioned that we would we would donate all of the money that we got to um, to an organization. And Tim, we donated that to a nonprofit clinic here locally. So um, all of the money yeah. we got from the last live show got donated there. Hopefully that helps them out uh, because there's a lot of, there's, I mean, you know, people need care and a lot of the clinics are still providing that care. Um, you know, either they're doing testing or other things. So, um, you know, just whatever you're, um, you know, you know, please support, especially the nonprofit clinics that are trying to help people out during this time. So. I'm checking the live chat here again, Tim, and uh, let's see. Uh, I see some... Oh, um, completely related. Anyone know the color codes to match the red of Neo Geo? Unfortunately, I don't know that off the top of my head. Hopefully, they're out there, Tim. And that is from um, NIB, NIB 03, so Nib Nib 03. But um, I do not know those off uh, offhand. Now, um, Eric is here, Tim, and he's saying the Safeway in Ruston. Do you remember the Safeway, Safeway in Ruston, Tim? <laughs> Yes, that's one I played Pac-Man well, there you at. go. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they used to be everywhere, Tim, and we just don't have a, have quite the proliferation that we used to. So, it's, uh, it's sad, but it is what it is. So, Okay, Tim, let us continue on here. Our next question is from Josh. And Josh says, Guys, I was hoping you could, you could look at this photo of my screen test on my Neo Geo cabinet. As you can see, Mostly in the upper portion, there is an offset reddish shadow besides the normal beside the normal white lines. My question is, would this most likely be an aging cap issue somewhere on the monitor chassis, 
or could this be a monitor pot that needs adjusting to bring back into spec? I am not too familiar with what the various monitor pots are what various monitor pots are able to adjust. So I didn't want to just start changing things willy-nilly without some feedback. Thanks, Josh. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and show the pictures here. And I know you see those pictures, but you can see yeah. in that picture the little Look reddish offset. Now, it seems like it's only in that corner and maybe at the top of the monitor, but not so much in the middle of the screen. So uh, with that in mind, Tim, what do you think is going on with Josh's Neo Geo monitor here? It looks more like the convergence has gotten off, maybe like he's messed with the yoke a little bit or just from moving it or something like that. It just looks like the convergence is off a little bit to me, not necessarily a cap issue, not something that he could replace or, um, you know, not something you're probably going to typically. Most of the time, if, if your red is going out, it's all over the screen, not just uh, in a corner or something like that. And the way that the picture looks, uh, Eric and Rusty are please are welcome to chime in. But to me, it looks more like a convergence, like something's got off with his rings. And we have a couple of those on that. Right. And, you know, typically, Tim, I think if it was more of an adjustment issue, we would see the red bleeding kind of across the monitor. But the fact that we're not getting yeah. the red bleeding all the way across the monitor probably lends us more to like a convergence or, or maybe even a, a yoke positioning issue. And so uh, with that in mind, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw the question up here. Yeah, always. Oh, what was that, Tim? I've used the example before. If it looks like the flash going by, you know, and you, it's kind of bleeding out that way, sometimes I've said that that probably can be adjusted when it, you know, looks like a flash, the flash grow by right. or run by. Right. And um, and this is a little bit different, like I said, because it's it's more like it's not consistent. The fact that we're only getting it in the upper the upper quadrant, it looks like, is probably the biggest thing that that's kind of leading us to more of a convergence issue. So I'm going to go ahead and read the slide here, Tim. We have it up from your picture. It doesn't seem like a capacitor or monitor adjustment issue. You could try turning down your red drive and cutoff, but it but it may make your overall picture quality suffer. It looks more like a problem with the tube, either the purity slash convergence settings, Tim, which we call convergence. Some people call purity. I remember my Michael always kind of refer yeah. to those as purity. We like to call them convergence. But, um, you know, it could be those settings or it could be the position of the monitor yoke. We have a couple of different posts on, on our website that deal with this issue. And, Tim, of course, we have the post on adjusting the convergence rings. that also has a video featuring you and you kind of messing with that. But we also have a great um, document on our page that was uh, written by Ingvar called Setting Up and Adjusting an Arcade Monitor, Tim, that really, um, that really has some great information in there. And so, you know, for those of you guys who... Um, who are interested in that or need a little help with that, I highly recommend that you check out um, that setting up and adjusting an arcade monitor. Tim, it has an entire section on convergence and purity that you should really check out. So Tim, is there anything else here for Josh before we move on? No, I don't think so. Yeah, and Eric uh, agrees with us. Yes, convergence, very difficult to fix, but doable. Yeah, you may have to play with it a little bit. Um, sometimes, you know, um, you have to shim up the yoke just right in order to get it to, to position correctly. Sometimes uh, you, you kind of have to move it just a little bit one way or another in order to get that convergence dialed in. Sometimes you can just adjust the rings and do it, but sometimes you physically have to move the yoke in order to get it to, to, to converge properly. So it takes a little bit of playing. Hopefully you can get it figured out, Josh. Uh, any other tips for him, though, Tim, as far as getting that solved? Well, some we always say anytime you mess, mark where you're where you currently are, because sometimes when you go in there and adjust it, you can make things even worse. Right. So at least if you mark where they are now, we, we we show a video on this. I know he can go back and watch it, and that way 
when you do turn and play with them and try to fix it and it makes it worse, you can at least get back to where you are. So that's kind of a tip. Yeah, and uh, make sure and mark where they right, are. And Eric also said it might require some little magnets around the neck area. And I've seen that on the yoke as well. You may have to, to get some magnets in there. A lot of times, um, you know, you can fix this just by shimming it up, but you may have to put the magnets in there as well. So um, I think that's all we've got, though, here for Josh's question, Tim. So we'll go ahead and leave it there. Josh, hopefully that answers your question, and uh, good luck getting the convergence problem solved on that Neo Geo arcade monitor. Oh, yeah, um, YouTube Punk says you can get the magnets on eBay that, that actually go uh, around, like, the yoke. The, the outside yoke area, so if you need to use those. Um, the rings closest to the front are for purity. The ones in the back are for convergence, is what Eric says. Um, and that's maybe why we call them purity and convergence. Um, you know, um, we always kind of refer to them all as convergence, and I remember Michael used to all, call right. them all purity. So, um, obviously, I think they're a mix and match, like Eric's saying. So, Okay, might need a convergence strip. Maybe one fell off. And, yeah, that's what I was talking about with the little strips. You may have to, to put some convergence strips in there in order to get that yoke position just right in order to fix that convergence. That's from Greg. So uh, good stuff there. Okay, so anyway, I hope that answers Josh's question, and good luck with that um, with that monitor there. Let us know how it comes out as well. Keep us updated on that post. Okay, Tim, we have Jason next. So we'll go ahead and go to Jason's question here. Jason said, I bought an Arcade Legends and Estate sale. I was told the display screen needs a tube as it does not light up. I got home and there is power on the marquee. When I turn the power off, the screen flickers and goes off. Thank you, Jason. So, Tim, I actually he sent a little video and he also sent this, um, you know, this little um, placard of what, like, his um, arcade actually is. Arcade Legends, of course, is made by Chicago Gaming Company. But he has this little picture here um, that has the, um, the little kind of like what happens whenever you turn it on or turn it off. It, it kind of blinks this white and then it kind of goes dark. And so I just wanted to kind of show everybody that. But, uh, Tim, obviously having a monitor issue here of some sort, what do you recommend for Jason? Well, you know, when the, the screen just flashes for a second, um, you know, one thing that we like to do is unplug the game board and everything, just turn power on. Uh, your monitor should have a blank screen or a white screen, sometimes a blue screen, whatever. It should show something. Now, if you get nothing there with just straight power going to it, um, then you probably have a board issue or something, but it sounds more like that possibly the board and the monitor are not connected. They're like they're either the voltage is off on his board and not sending power over the monitor, but the fact that it flickers for a second, you know, there's a couple questions I would like to ask more, like is it playing blind? Uh, can you play the game at all? Or is it, it sounds like it could just be a connection between the board and the monitor. Right. So, um, and I, and Tim, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, the fact that he kind of gets this flash, to me, means that it may it's getting power, but it may not be getting a signal from, from the board, like you're mentioning. I mean, because we do get the little flash that it's, it's trying to come on, but we're just not getting any, any kind of picture from the board. So I think um, you're... You know what you suggested as far as the signal goes is very spot on, and then maybe some other stuff too. I'm going to throw this slide up here, Tim, though that has a little bit more about it. The fact that the screen flickers when the game is powered on could mean that it's not getting a signal from the board, just like you mentioned, Tim. Um, check that the board is is connected to the monitor properly, and that it is putting out a video signal. Make sure that the board is getting the correct voltage, as this can also cause video issues. 
And Tim, you know, you mentioned it too. It could be that the monitor has a power problem of some sort. You need to measure your B plus, make sure it's correct. Also check all components and solder joints in the high voltage section of your monitor chassis. But Tim, the fact that he's actually getting that kind of flash, I mean, to me, a lot of times means that you should be getting power and the power should be correct. Not necessarily though. Definitely want to check it and make sure that you've got good B plus voltage and good power all the way around on that monitor chassis. So Tim, is there anything else here you want to recommend for Jason before we move on? No, I don't think so. Okay, sounds good. So Jason, hopefully answers your question and let us know what you come up with. Again, let's check the signal to make sure that we're getting good signal from your from your main board to your monitor chassis. And then if that signal is good, let's check some of the power supply section components on the main chassis to make sure that it is powered on properly. So hopefully that helps and keep us updated with your progress. Okay, I'm checking in with the live chat every so often, Tim, so it's not like I'm darting my eyes away from you. It's just that every so often I have to, I have to kind of check the live chat. I'm reading the slides on my phone, so I'm kind of up and down. Okay, too. there you go. But um, I can't think what everybody else is yeah, seeing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't see the live chat. I can see it, so I have to kind of read it off to you when we see something. But um, right now I think we're pretty caught up with it, but I did want to check just uh, while we had a little break here. But, um, you know, Tim, it's been a, I, I know um, a lot of you guys have been sitting at home this whole month and it's been kind of a struggle for you guys, but um, we just hope that uh, we can bring a little bit of a uh, little bit of entertainment and a little bit of education to you guys tonight through the live show. Um, I know me and Tim have been busy still working, but a lot of you guys have been at home working or doing other things. And, uh, you know, just um, glad that you took the time to join us tonight, as always. Right, Tim? Yeah. There you go. So, um, oh, OK, we got a question from Joe here. When the coin... Um, when the coin cell type of battery dies, it messes up the BIOS, and I, I think that's I think he's why ta- I think he's talking about the Arcade Legends Tim. That is correct. The Arcade Legends ones. Oh yeah. Um, they if you um Real exactly if that BIOS battery or CMOS battery dies, it will affect the BIOS settings, and so you will sometimes have to get in with a regular computer monitor in order to reset those back. And that's an error thought Tim didn't even think about that. So Joe, thank you for chiming in on that as well, because those things are basically just computers, right, Tim? Right, and you know we've worked on a couple of them, Jonathan, and all every one that we went across have come across has had that problem yeah. because people don't change the batteries and they leave it off, and six months later they have some friends over and they decide to turn it back on. The last one we worked at was at a lake house. They were never there maybe a year before they had turned it on. Right, exactly. So uh, it's just something to keep in mind. The CMOS batteries die, guys, so make sure that uh, whenever that happens, replace it, and then you'll have to reset those BIOS things to get it back. So, okay, let's go ahead and... Oh, let's see what else we have here. Um... Uh, Drew asks, uh, hey, a live show. How are you guys holding up? We're we're good, like we mentioned, right, Tim? I think so. O- overall, we're we're pretty blessed, especially compared to some. So we're very thankful to be working. Absolutely, same here, Tim. So, anyway, let us continue on with the questions for tonight, Tim. And the next one is from Ernesto, and he says, "I was wondering if you know what would cause my monitor to be black and white with horizontal lines moving continuously." I provide a few pictures of my arcade as well. Now, Tim, you'll see this is a Street Fighter II arcade that Ernesto has here, and you will see this bright, um, this bright kind of white screen with the horizontal lines on it, Tim, which is pretty, pretty common, and I think we've seen quite a bit. Um, I know what I'm thinking. What are you thinking about? Well, you know, you can turn up the brightness so high that it will do that sometimes, but more than likely, it's kind of like the, the question before us, it's probably not getting a signal from the board. It's just um, 
This is what the monitor looks like when it's when there's no signal going. Yeah, and it. Tim, he did actually send some pictures of the board, which I did not put up here. So I'm going to go ahead and put those up now. And Tim, it looks like this may be some sort of generic multi-board. Um, so it's got these, yeah, yeah, it's got kind of these, um, the dip switches on it and everything like this. And so it does look like some, some sort of, um, like I said, some sort of, uh, just generic board kind of thing. And so, you know, these things, Tim, like these, um, generic multi-game boards, it was, we've talked about in the past, they don't always, they're not always built with the best quality. And so sometimes you have to, you know, uh, they'll die on you. It's not uncommon for that to happen. And when they do, a lot of times it's easier just to replace them. But um, in this particular case, it may not be the board, though. It could be the power supply, correct? Yeah, it could be, for sure. It could not be getting enough power to produce a signal exactly. out to his monitor. So, I mean, it could be the board itself here, Ernesto, or it could just be like it could just be that the power supply is not putting out enough power for the board. So it could be one of either one. It's really hard to tell. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at the fact that your monitor is on, but you're not getting a signal from your board though. It's pretty much what, what we've determined at this point. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and put up the, um, the little answer scene that we have here. And it's, and it says, from your pictures, it looks like the monitor is not getting a signal from your game board. This could be caused by the board not getting the correct voltage to function properly, a bad connection between the board and the monitor chassis, or that your board has gone out completely. Start off this repair by checking your power supply. And Tim, somebody in the live chat, the last one said ASAP. Always start at power. That's yeah. something that we yeah. always we right. talk about a lot. And um, starting at power, Ernesto, is always a great place to start. So, uh, you know, try that. Let's make sure that your power supply, your switching power supply is putting out good power. I mean, because that's very, very important. If your power supply is not putting out good power, your board will not operate cor correctly. And it's not uncommon for you to get like no signal, for instance, just because of that. So make sure that you've got some um, good power. Also check the connection between your game board and your monitor chassis. Very important there as well. Tim, anything else for Ernesto here before we move on? No, I don't think so. Sounds good. So, Ernesto, hopefully answers your question. And good luck getting that Street Fighter 2 back up and running. And, Tim, like I said, it looked more like a multi-game board on this one. So it may be, it may not be a Street Fighter 2 in the traditional sense. It may be more of a multi-game board. And if the board is bad, Ernesto, um, the nice thing is that you can find you can find other um, other boards out there fairly easily, other multi-game boards. So. Okay, uh, Tim, I'm going to go to the live chat real quick. Luis says, where do we submit questions to? Cannot type my full question here on the live chat. I have a question about my bar top arcade. You can send questions to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. That is our email address, Luis. So if you if you can't fit it in all the characters that we have here, uh, send the question to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and we will get it there. So a uh, great place to go. Um, let's see. Uh, and, um, Drew also says I've had good luck with contacting their Facebook page. There's a link below. Yeah. And, um, we want to thank Louie and Mark for answering a lot of those questions, especially Louie. He answers a lot of the questions before we even get around to them, Tim. So, uh, thank you, Louie. And Louie's in the live chat tonight. Thank you for Thanks. posting some links as well, Louie. And we, uh, we just oh, appreciate him so much, Tim, and all here. of the, all of the work that he does on the Facebook page. Let's see what else we have. YouTube Punk. eBay seller with the conversion strips doesn't have them listed anymore, but if you email them, they'll respond. Store name is Perfect Magic. Or no, Parted Magic. Excuse me. Parted Magic on eBay if you're looking for conversion strips. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Hello from the Buckeye State. This is Mr. Silverball Mania. Anyone know where I can find a flowchart for a WG2700 and a Pintronic 1132? Unfortunately, Tim, there are not flowcharts for every monitor model, right? No, but... Um... Somebody probably has them. I haven't. We'd have to search that. I, I know they may be in uh, 
some of the blue, big blue book or something. Right. Um, I was going to say the, the 2700 series, I believe, has a nice... It doesn't have a flowchart per se, but I think it has a nice troubleshooting guide out there, uh, if I remember correctly. So, um, Mr. Silverball Mania, you may look for just a troubleshooting guide on the 2700. Not as familiar with the Pintranic 1132, unfortunately, to know if there's a, a nice troubleshooting guide out there for it. But I think the 2700 series, Tim, does have a troubleshooting guide that, while not a flowchart per se, will walk you through some of the common issues with it. So, uh, something to go with there. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else? No. Good. I think we're caught up. So there you go, Tim. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, YouTube Punk says regarding the Neo Geo color question, Sherwin Williams cherry tomato is apparently one that is a common one. Tim, uh, big. We're big fans of Sherwin Williams paints, and uh, we don't get paid anything for yeah. saying that. It's just that it's good quality paint, and so um, if if um, their cherry tomato is close to a Neo Geo color, I mean, I mean, I'd imagine that it's good quality paint, and uh, even if it's not exact, it should give you a good covering for your cabinet and make it look nice. So, okay, anything else? I think that's it, Tim. So let us go on in our questions here, and the next question we have, Tim, is from Barry. So I'll go ahead and put that up here. He says, I know this will be a simple question, but I am a simple man. We have a fully restored Miss Pac-Man cocktail table model. The kids played it for years with no problem. They are older now, and the game has been played for five years. It it is kept in a clean and dry part of our living space. When I plug in the machine, when I plug the machine in and turn it on, we have power. The sound is perfect, but the game does not light up. There is no display. Thanks a lot. Hope you are healthy and safe. Barry. So, Tim, obviously the healthy and safe is like a, it's kind of like a mantra now. So you can kind of tell, you know, you can kind of tell when the questions come in um, as far as the topic goes. Oh, Tim, you're gone. There you are. Sorry. Hit the wrong button. You went away there for a second. So, but anyway, um, for Barry, um, obviously, Tim, he's got this cocktail and it sounds like they have power. They can hear sound, but they just, it's not, they say the game is not lighting up. There's no display. What's going on with Barry's cocktail cabinet here? Well, it sounds like a classic or textbook example of what we call a game playing blind. Absolutely. And we have a video that you should watch called um, Troubleshooting Games That Are Playing Blind. But basically, um, just from sitting there over the years, a lot of the capacitors and things dry up. Um, some, there's something wrong in the power supply section. Unless something's come unplugged, like power to his monitor or the connections or the video connections or something, more than likely, it's time now to rebuild that chassis to get his game back up and going. Absolutely, Tim. And this, yeah, this is almost a classic case of playing blind here, Tim. And so uh, that's what I put on the slide. So let's go ahead and show that slide real quick so people can see. So it sounds like your Miss Pac-Man cocktail cabinet is experiencing a symptom known as playing blind. When the arcade cabinet is experiencing this issue, it usually means there is a problem with the monitor chassis. Uh, typically in the power supply section, please see our post like Tim mentioned on troubleshooting games that are playing blind for more information. If you need additional assistance with your specific monitor, please send the manufacturer model and we'll try to help you out further. And Tim, if he needs, if he needs help uh, determining what his manufacturer and model is, he can see the What's My Monitor page on the Bob Roberts site. And Tim, there are a couple of other websites out there now that'll help you identify what monitor you have. But, um, you know, it's just, it, we always refer to the Bob Roberts page just because it's been around for so long and it's, and it's got most of the common models on it so uh, if you need additional help Barry get with us on that uh, let us know your making model we can help you out further Tim anything else for Barry before we move on no I don't think so just make sure you watch that video we won't go into a lot of detail here because that's one of our 
most popular videos and for good reason it's a common problem absolutely and louie actually posted a link in the live chat tim so that way everybody can uh, see it but um, if you just do a search for troubleshooting games that are playing blind on google you will find it so um that's one way to find it but barry hopefully answers your question and good luck getting your miss pac-man cocktail back up and running Okay, Tim, it looks like we're running, uh, we're kind of getting to the end of our questions, and we have kind of this last slide that has, um, we always like to do kind of like a, what do you want to call it, like a um, collection of questions for the last slide lately, some questions from the, YouTube. The rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire, there mm -hmm. you go, more of a rapid fire style. So, Tim, we have three questions here from YouTube, and so let's get into those and see if we can solve them real quick. The first one is from Muskie MCG, and he says, Hi, buddy. I have a 30-year-old cabinet, and I'm having trouble taking out the push buttons. I can take out the micro switch, but I can't get the lock nut past the micro switch holder. I have tried squeezing and twisting with no luck. Any tips, amigo? Greetings from Ireland, Tim. Yeah, nice. Ireland of all places. Of yeah, morning. exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Of, uh, it probably is. Yeah, I think there. it is. I think you may be right. So, um, Tim, it just goes to show you we have viewers, listeners, uh, from all and readers from all over the world. So, um, obviously, Muskie MCG is yeah. here and having some problems with his cabinet. And so, we'll, we're going to tackle his question here in just a second. But let me read the other two real quick. Um, let's see, Greg. I have a cocktail arcade table with sixty games that has sound, but the monitor is black. Sometimes it comes on, but not at the moment. I can't get anything but sound. Can you help? So, Tim, very similar to the Miss Pac-Man cocktail kind of that we were that question that we uh -huh. had just a second ago. And then, Tim, we also have a way of the wicked. He says, hey, when I move my joystick to the right, sometimes nothing happens. Other times, moving to the left will result in a double tap in the game. Player will start to run left by only one single move on the switch, and sometimes there is no action in it at all. Any ideas, pal? Cheers. Okay, so those are the three, Tim, that we're going to answer here. And not exactly rapid fire, I would say, but in a um, in a very quick fashion. So, Tim, let's look at Musky MCGs first. We have a 3-year-old cabinet. And, Tim, he's smart here. He, he took out the micro switch, but when he's trying to undo the lock nut on the push button, he just can't get it past the micro switch holder. So the part that actually holds the micro switch in. So with that in mind, Tim, what do you think is going on with Muskie MCG's push button? Well, you know, we've uh, taken out a few push buttons in our time. And every once in a while, you just run across that one. I don't know if it's a certain brand. I feel like it's, you know, those little puzzles that you buy at like Cracker oh, Barrel yeah. where you have to turn the certain way to get it to come undone. There are a few like that where you really have to get it at just the right angle to slip it off. But I've done exactly what I'm going to recommend. It's a push button. Right. I have taken a Dremel or something and literally sawed that nut off before, take a chunk of it out, let it fall out, and just replace it. Uh, sometimes that is the best method. And probably what I'm going to recommend, if you can't twist it off uh, for whatever reason, uh, I have run across that a couple times out of thousands that I've done. Um, just cut it off and get rid of it or cut the push button and uh, replace there it. There you go. Sounds good. Now, Tim, the next one we have was from Greg. His 60-in-1 with the black monitor, but does get sound. Monitor comes on sometimes, not all the times. So what do you think What do you think is happening with Greg's? Well, what's a little bit different from this one and the question we answered earlier is that sometimes right. it works. So that's kind of um, good news, and the good news is that a lot of times it's just a cold solder joint or something where the power or the video comes in, 
remember, we talk about this a lot in our videos with Michael. He touched up solder on everything we ever brought him to work on. Uh, he would turn it over and just start touching up the solder everywhere. And uh, so, obviously, uh, over time, we have cracked and cold solder joints that can cause this. That's what I would recommend in this situation. Sounds good. And Tim, the last one is from Weight of the Wicked. Okay, sometimes his joystick, uh, he moves right, nothing happens. He moves to the left. Sometimes it's a single, sometimes it's a double tap. So, I mean, what do you think's going on, I mean, with his joystick? Obviously, having some joystick issues, right, Tim? Yeah, it's probably the least style switches that, you know, they just get kind of worn, uh, oxidized over over time, or they're... They're not touching like they should, or if it's a micro a cherry switch, it's worn and needs to be replaced. But the good news is replacing leaf and, micro, and cherry switches are pretty simple based on whichever kind he has. Um, that's probably, you can try to adjust that a little bit, but a lot of times it's just as easy to go ahead as time to replace Absolutely, them. Absolutely, Tim. So with all those questions kind of gone over by Tim really quickly, let's go ahead and throw up our scene here, Tim. And you mentioned on Muskie MCGs that he can remove the lock nut by cutting it out or, or cutting a chunk of it out with like a Dremel or something, I think is what you said, right, Tim? Uh -huh. And then he can replace it with a new one. He may need to replace the whole button depending on the situation. Uh, Tim, he may be able just to replace the lock nut, but he may have to replace the whole thing, right? More than, you know, just sometimes it's just not worth wrestling. Right. Just really depends on, on kind of what uh, what's going on in the moment, right? So, like, right. after he cuts it off, I mean, how, you know, kind of how is that still positioned? Can he find a lock nut that'll fit it and things like that? Greg, and you mentioned with Greg's Tim that he needs to pull out the chassis and touch up any cracked, cold, or broken solder joints. And, of course, um, we're going to refer him to our post on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. But, Tim, the fact that it comes on sometimes and doesn't come on others may just mean that he has just a broken solder joint somewhere, right? Right. There you go. And then, way of the wicked. Check your joystick switches and wiring. And, Tim, you mentioned something about it could be leaf switches. If it's leaf switches, you may need to clean them or adjust them. Micro switches, um, let's say, I mean, let's say that they're not clicking like they used to. Um, they can be replaced very easily just by unscrewing them, right, Tim? Yes. Or you could have the kind of, um, you know, kind that have a... Um... I call it like a diving board, you know, it's not really a leaf switch, it has more of a longer stem on it that can be bent and adjusted a little bit. A lot of times, oh, and, it, and you mentioned wiring, I, I didn't say that, but of course, uh, ground wires or uh, coal wires that aren't uh, coal solder joints there, or wires that aren't connected very good anymore could cause that problem Absolutely. Too. So it uh, needs to check the wiring for sure. But the switches themselves could be bad as well. So may need to clean them. Rusty says uh, he uses a thousand grit emery, uh, a thousand grit emery cloth and cleans the leaf switches. Um, take a piece, fold it over, put it between the points, and rub a little. And yeah, that's I mean that's good stuff to use if you need to clean them up for sure, right, Tim? Yeah, so. and that's something that you probably easily find on Amazon or something right now too. You don't necessarily have to get it. I know like certain pinball or arcade sites sell one, but it's really not anything different than you could probably get uh, off of eBay or Amazon or something. Sounds good. So may say, may say an arcade tool, but it not necessarily, may not necessarily Right, be. exactly. You know, save yourself some money and just, and just buy it locally, right? Instead of from an arcade yeah. website is what you're saying. So sounds good. Well, I think, 
They don't answer. Yeah, there you go. So sounds good. Well, Tim, I think you covered all those questions. And I did put a picture of what like just a microswitch holder looks like just so, you know, we could we could see. And Tim, you know, what happens over time is sometimes the little legs that hold the micro switch in, they kind of spread out, I think, just from heat and other things. And so it could just be that whatever, you know, whenever they were, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, they've been sitting in the sun for a while or whatever the case may be, and they may be spreading out just a little bit. So that could be it. But anyway, so Tim, I think that does it for the question. So I'll just go ahead and leave this here. Now, Tim, we do have a tech tip for this month. And why don't you just uh, go ahead and fill everybody in on on something that is kind of, it's kind of new, but I mean, I've seen versions of this over time, but I think this one's a little bit different than some of the other ones that we've seen, right? Yeah, if you want to go ahead and put that uh, slideshow up, um, they have a new, and occasionally, when we say new, we haven't even tried this yet. So, um, but we did run across it and thought, oh, it looked pretty cool and saw some of the reviews and stuff. Uh, my tech tip this month is about a new MCR power supply with module which is now available and I'm, if you're showing the picture there Jonathan uh, the price is $400 which seems kind of high but at the same time it replaces everything power wise in the MCR base arcade cabinet and uh, there's a link that you're going to include there so you know a couple of those games let's see you're listing some of the games over here I don't know if I can blow that up on my phone John you can go back through I think that, most, yeah, uh, I was about to say, most people are, are um are familiar with Tron and Satan's Hollow and um, Journey, of course, Tapper, Spy Hunter. I think those are the big games that people think of when they think of MCR. So, Satan's Hollow. Yeah. And uh, wasn't Kick? No, Kick. That's uh, that. That's that's. Oh, that's, that's Tato. That's, yeah, Tato. Sorry. So the MCR games like Tron. Well, Tron was one I was thinking of. Right in Satan's Hollow, right off the right. bat. Um, you know, a lot of times those games are also. You look at the list there are also worth a lot of right. money so most people have them aren't selling them or getting rid of them too fast so uh, maybe they would want to invest that four hundred dollars to kind of help theirs run and more efficient i guess maybe the best yeah word. and i like um tim that um it looks like you use like our little coloring and our and our font from uh from our little outline here tim just based on the <laughs> based on the little ad that he had on uh on Facebook for it, but um, yeah, this thing basically replaces everything power-wise, though, in MCR-based arcade cabinets. So if you're having any kind of, um, if you're having any kind of problems with MCR games, um, I think this is, you know, this may be a way to go for you. Uh, Drew says, does that come pre-assembled on the blackboard plastic board? I believe it does. I believe it is just a drop-in module. Like so. It. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean, it is literally drop-in, hook it up, and you're good to go, kind of thing. So um, again, if you're having problems with, um, you know, with different um, uh, power issues and MCR games. I thought it was kind of cool. What? It just looks cool. I don't know. I thought it was pretty Yeah, I neat. thought it looks cool too. And um, Louie actually put a list of some of the games here, of course. Um, Two Tigers, Solar Fox, Disc of Tron he puts here as well. So, I mean, those are just some of the yeah. ones. Uh, Wacko, I think, is on that list too. Maybe, Tim, if I if I can see the, the very... Um, Apple. Yeah, I was about to say the very small font there, but um, there's a whole list of MCR games. And yeah, uh, Louis put the eBay link on there, um, and um, the eBay link is a good place to get it from. But you can also get it from this guy or this guy directly on Facebook if you want to go that route as well. It's probably about the same price because I'm sure it's the $400 plus shipping. But um, you know, it's like I said, it's pretty turnkey. You put this thing in and you're good to go. So um, yeah, if anybody gets one, I would really like to have a a review of one of our listeners or somebody can 
right back uh, tell us about absolutely. it absolutely so but um again there's always new things coming out tim and new um new thing you know new products to help you keep your arcade games running which i think is is great especially you know with all these things getting older i mean you know of course a lot of mcr power supplies are not too difficult to rebuild if that's the way you want to do it but if you're if you're more inclined to just drop you know drop in something and have it work then i think this is going to be right up your alley right I think so. There you go. So uh, I think that's a good tech tip, Tim. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, somebody at home will try it out and give us a heads up as to what it is so or how it works for them. So the link is below, I believe, I believe in the show notes section or description section below. So if you guys want to try it out, you can go to the link. And then, of course, Louie posted the eBay link in there as well. So, okay, Tim, I think it's time to get to some discussion real quick. So, Oh, and Louie says you could build this yourself. That is true. You could build your own version of that if you wanted to, but uh, sometimes it's just nice to have somebody do it for you so you can drop it in. So it just really depends mm-hmm. on, on what you want to do. So, Okay, so Tim, I guess we'll go ahead and get to the discussion portion real quick. And, and Tim, the very first thing we have here is actually an article that was posted to today this morning so you know that uh, we're live right because we have the latest okay. stuff on uh-huh. here we are live people but this uh, came right exactly this news was breaking news i guess in a way but uh, probably something you couldn't figure out already but um, arcades will be different after the pandemic if they can stay open this was from vice media tim and uh, we have the link here and also in the show description below so if you guys want to take a look at this article you can but i'll kind of summarize it here for you Arcades are dealing with heavy losses and layoffs. Once arcades are given the go-ahead to reopen, business owners will have to approach a new multi-headed problem, re-envisioning the arcade for a post-pandemic world, while also preparing for a potential change in customer mindsets. Now that we're cautioned to stay at least six feet away from anyone outside our households, will the public still, or will the people still want to play games together in public? And so um, that's really what it comes down to here, Tim. And obviously, we've been talking about this quite a bit and how things are going to change for our kids going forward. I think that is something that um, people need to realize. It's going to be a little bit different. And Tim, you know, some arcades have taken a novel approach to this. Um, One of the arcade owners uh, that's a part of our our Facebook page posted a reply saying that what they're doing is they're actually doing blocks of time. So a private group can book a block of time and then they get it for that block. After the block, they clean it and there's another block of time that somebody else can do. So, I mean, that may be how we have to go about this for a while. There are some other potential um, things that may need to happen. But Tim, maybe the bigger question on all of that is, is it too soon to open up arcades? I know there's a lot of arcades that are open right now, but it does seem like the people who are open are kind of are having a hard time of it because nobody's going there. So, um, so right. I thought we would debate this in a little segment we like to call oh. Arcade Debate. Wow, we didn't have one last one, Tim. I don't know if we've had it in a while, in fact. But um, but we are having an arcade. Can I still get in my box? Yeah, you're, you'll get in your box. I'll get your box there here in a second. But... Um, we right. are going to have an arcade debate tonight, which is something we haven't, it feels like we haven't done for a while. I think it was just like, we skipped last one, so it may have just been one. But um, Tim, the, the question to, oh, we're getting, we're getting some dog there. But uh, the question tonight yeah. on, on the arcade debate section is, is it too soon to allow arcades to open back up after the coronavirus closings? Because Tim, pretty much I think everybody had to close up. I mean, pretty much every state had closings, no matter which state you were in. And so... The question we have tonight is, is it too soon to allow arcades to open back up after the coronavirus closings? And Tim, I don't know, I know you can't see the graphic, but I'm just going to go ahead and change it real quick. So uh, boom, there we go. Uh, so now we went from our regular one to the arcade debate one. So you are in your square. You were in your square this whole time, but I at least put the arcade debate um, graphic down at the bottom. And so we'll go ahead and get started.
started with this. Tim, we'll take a little five-second break here, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Well, thank you guys for joining us for the arcade debate segment for this evening. And Tim, this is May 2020 that we're talking about. And the big question is, arcades, a lot of arcades around the country are starting to open, but do you think it is too soon to allow arcades to open back up after the coronavirus closings, Tim? Obviously, um, all the arcades in most of the country were closed or have been closed during this time and have been really struggling because of their closings. And so the question is, is this the time to open them up? Should they wait later? Um, So I'm going to let you decide first, what do you think? Is it too soon to open up arcades or do we need to get these things open as soon as possible? No, let them all open. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. you're you're all for letting them open. Yep. Okay, well, I will take the opposite yep, of that. I am open. going to say that they uh, that they need to probably stay closed at least a little bit longer. But Tim, tell us why you think now is the time to go ahead and open them. Well, you got to understand, Jonathan. The, a lot of people have a misconception that we were all staying home to stop the coronavirus. We were he- staying home to slow down and flatten the curve of the coronavirus. It's not going away. It's going to be here for a while longer. So you just need to wash your hands, take your sanitary wipes with you, wear gloves if you're in a mask if you want to. But just like everything else, we can't sit at home forever. We need to get the arcades uh, up and running, and we need to get some revenue pumped into these arcade owners. Now, I'm, I'm with you with saying that we need to open. I understand that. I do think we need to open. I'm questioning whether or not it's too soon for arcades right now, because, Tim, arcades are a little bit different than pretty much any other business model. And in an arcade, you touch the same game that uh, like a hundred other people touch. I mean, think about a Chuck E. Cheese right. on a Saturday. How many people do you think touch one arcade game on an average Saturday at Chuck E. Cheese? Or at least two or three hundred, but they've been doing that every year now for fifty well, sure. years, and it's always been a lot of germs around. And uh, Chucky did pride themselves in saying that they clean them every hour. My my guess is really that yes, I agree. Some of the stuff that we've done uh, is good. We need to be more proactive in stopping the spread of any virus, like the flu or whatever. But we can't just live in a hole either. We ha- we need to get out. If you're really that worried about it, you could take your own. Uh, you could take your own wipes or something with you and wipe down the game. Plus, you know, if you're really good at a game, you're going to stay there and play a while. So as long as you clean it before you play, you should be fine. <laughs> right. That's kind of like uh, you know when people go to the gym, they don't always clean up after themselves, Tim. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but uh, even though they should, but it's the same thing. I mean, arcade games, I don't know if we can put the responsibility on the people who are playing them. And I think just because arcades are so hands-on that we need to wait longer for arcades than we do maybe for other businesses. And I hate to say that because I know there's a lot of arcades that are that are kind of uh, obviously struggling right now, having a lot of issues right now. But I mean, I think we, we can stand to wait maybe a little bit longer because like I said, I mean, there's just so much closeness and touch associated with arcade games. I've heard now, though, that there are some arcade games that are going to be spreading their arcade games around in their building, which may, which seems like a really good idea, kind of to promote the social distancing. So if you have one over here, yeah, you, you know, maybe. you put some spread out, then I think that's really good. But the touch issue is always kind of going to be an issue, I think, as long as you have multiple people touching. But I mean, I agree that if you know, if everybody kind of does, you know, their safety stuff and they, you know, they wipe the games down when they're done with them and they and they um, you know they wear the mask or they uh, they make sure that they don't touch their face while they're touching the games all that kind of stuff if everybody takes the safety precautions that they're supposed to to take I think it'd be fine the problem is that I don't know if I trust everybody to take the safety precautions that they're supposed to take 
Your turn. Well, that's just it. At what point, uh, though, I think at some point, um, the benefits of people, it's kind of like this, Jonathan. Let me, let me put it this way. If we outlawed cars tomorrow and nobody drove anymore, there would be zero auto accidents and nobody would die. But we know that some people die every day in an auto accident. So we have rules that try to stifle that, but we don't tell people don't drive. Sure. We let them drive cars knowing that there are going to be deaths and there are going to be accidents and people are going to get injured. We have to take that risk. So at some point we have to say, is the risk of going out and playing games, as long as you're doing precautions, as long as you're staying six feet away or more from other people, Maybe let's say you're at Chuck E. Cheese and you have seven skee-ball lanes. Maybe only open up one every other one or something so you're not right next to it. Or maybe a two-player game, only letting it be one player for now. Um, there's going to have to be some changes, but to strictly say you've got to shut down, uh, at some point the revenue lost right now, and I, I don't ever want to say that money is more important than lives, but if that was the case, we wouldn't drive cars, we wouldn't do anything, we'd all just sit home, live the rest of our lives, and hopefully somebody would pay for it. But we do have to have jobs, we have to get out, we have to do things. We can't stay cooped up forever. I think it's time to let them well, go. Well, here's the thing too, Tim. I think the public will judge when it is time. And so that may be the greatest point to me on your side of the fence is the fact that, you know, let them open and the public will decide whether or not they want to go, Right. And so, right. I mean, it's, let the public dictate what they want. So if the public wants to, you know, I'll let you open, but the public may not come anyway, right? I mean, so, I mean, I, I think we're, go ahead. we're seeing some of that now that our lobby is open. Uh, here in Texas, we were just doing drive-through at Dairy Queen, and we opened up our lobby, but guess what? Nobody still came. Not very many people came. And even though we're only doing it a limited amount, the problem, Johnson, is, is that for years, the business model of most FECs is to get as many people in there as you can. You know, that that was how you made the money is when groups came and stuff. So we're going to have to change up the way we do some business in those retrospects. Right. And I understand your point. I think it may be a little bit too soon, but I guess we'll see. And like I said, the public can kind of dictate that. But really, what do you say? Is it too soon for our kids to open after the coronavirus closings? Let us know what you think. You can leave a comment uh, here. If, if you're watching this on Facebook, you can leave a comment in the section below. If you're watching this on Twitter, you can reply back and let us know what you think. And but Tim, I do. I think we both agree that eventually we are going to have to open up. The question is just when. So let us know what you think when the right time is, and we look forward to seeing you for our next arcade debate segment. Take care, everybody, and good night. Okay, Tim. I think that was it. So I'll go ahead and switch back over. I'd really like to hear from Rusty and yeah, Eric about to right say. now. How it <laughs> you know their opinion when it really hits your pocketbook? Right, exactly. um, so um, easy to judge. Okay, so YouTube Punk says, I think it's too soon. Texas opened up a few days ago, uh, a few days later, had the highest number of deaths. So that's what YouTube Punk says. Drew says, I think folks will jump right back in as they once did. No different uh, than them touching Netflix or Redbox locations. I mean, like maybe a Redbox location is a, is a good example of something that may be along the lines of an arcade as well. So um, let's see. YouTube Punk, Punk, that's a good Yeah, point. exactly. YouTube Punk says, I'd be very cautious. Rusty says, they wanted to flatten the curve so we can prepare... The medical facilities to handle the sick. We are prepared now. Time to reopen all the businesses. 
Pedro says, sure you are. Uh, Drew says, a lot of arcade businesses care about having clean-looking machines, attractive-looking machines. Um, Let's see. Meaning, always clean-looking, even before the COVID-19 issues. That's true. Uh, Let's see. YouTube Punk, we haven't spiked yet, so I wouldn't risk it. Got family that are in the most vulnerable groups. And that's another thing, Tim. What happens if you open your arcade and then somebody visits your arcade and you know, like contracts coronavirus, you know, like what, what yeah. happens? I mean, I think I, that's something that's very interesting. I don't think that just like the flu, I don't think the owner should be liable. You take that risk. And I think like you said, Jonathan, it's up to you to decide. Um, I may be for arcades opening. And when we do the debate segment, guys, you know, we pick a side. doesn't necessarily mean I really agree with everything I'm saying, or you really right. agree. I think we're probably more, me and you are both in the middle but at the same time, I want them to be open because I know they need the revenue. It's not, it's not, um, I just think we have a fundamentally or even a constitutional right to be open. But at the same time, you have a right to stay home if you don't feel safe. Or I don't know that I would necessarily take my ne- my nephews to Chuck E. Cheese next week just because they're right, open. Right, exactly. Um, Drew says, if they start shutting down arcades, might as well shut down schools and colleges. Well, they really have, haven't they? Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, fr- That's pretty much what Exactly. Freddie says, the chance of getting into a car accident is much lower than getting COVID when you're around 20 plus people close together. So there you go. Rusty says, good night, okay. good job. Um, so I guess he's out for the night. Drew says, uh, thank you for the right, show. Right. Let's see. Um, YouTube Punk says he'd feel better if there's a vaccine. The problem is that the vaccine is pretty far away, right, Tim? Well, you know, and you, you, they keep saying that, um, that, yes, I think a vaccine would really help. I think that that's the only time people are going to totally feel comfortable. Uh, but the death rate is still really, really low compared and most people just get mild cases so you know i'm really torn i I, you know i don't know i don't know what the answer is i'm glad i'm not making that decision honestly i'm glad i'm not the governor or the president right Right. now uh let's see joe says tim's a pretty sharp guy brings it to a reasonable explanation look at that tim uh let's see jason says (laughs) forty thousand die in a car wrecks in america every year that is true Greg says, ATMs, POS checkouts, et cetera, all heavy touch. That is true. So if you visit an ATM, right, that's really, I mean, no different in a way than an arcade. Except that, like, if you're doing a drive-up ATM, you're kind of still in, in kind of an open area, I guess, versus, like, being in an enclosed area with arcade games. I think that's maybe a little bit different. Uh, Luis says, arcades that... De- well, look at... Go ahead. Uh, uh, think about a gas pump and how many times you pump gas. Did you wipe everything? You know, I, I try to remember and wipe the thing, but... Man, think about how many people touched that gas pump just that right, day. Right, exactly. Um, Luis says arcades need to change or they will unfortunately disappear, maybe. Rusty says an arcade can provide the hand sanitizer, soap, water, and request no one that is sick or around someone that is sick to come in. Each patron can decide if they want to come in or not. And that, you know, that may be where I fall down the most, Tim, is just let them open and see who comes in. Because, I mean, there'll be some people who do and some people who won't. So, uh, Freddie says, let's see... Um, Owners should not be liable, but should be made responsible for taking precautions and make sure people keep their distance, wash their hands coming in and out. Exactly. Greg says, our... Oh, go ahead. That's one of the biggest problems that I see is who's going to police it? Um, it, Let's say I still worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Am I going to have to sit there and spend all day going, hey, scoot over, you're, you're more than six feet, or, oh, that's your sister, well, that's okay. You know, I don't know who's the police that's going to take care exactly. of all Exactly. Um, 
So we may not be ready to open because, like you said, it's going to be too hard to control. Greg says, our arcade is reopening on the 15th, but very worried little will show up. Getting wipe stations is is... Uh, out is actually the biggest issue we can't buy enough and tim you're talking about people wiping down the games but you know i don't know about you i can't find like a bottle of lysol wipes anywhere or clorox wipes anywhere or hand wipes anywhere and so i mean and that's the thing a lot of these arcades i think will struggle to find those products as well maybe another reason why we may want to wait so we can let production kind of catch up to demand at this point so but at some point it's like Really? We're still having trouble here, guys, finding toilet paper. I went to the store the other day, Dollar General. was the first time I'd seen toilet paper there at all in two months, and I actually had a choice between three different kinds, and I actually got to get my brand. So, you know, I was really happy I didn't end up with the John Wayne toilet paper. There you again. go. Sounds, but, sounds good. I would have loaned you some if you needed it, so... Well, you I'm not know, sitting on like, I'm not sitting like a gold mine or anything, but I got some extra toilet paper. So well, <laughs> anyway, you know, I mean, just the fact that there was some at all was just blew me away, and there wasn't a lot. Sure. So of course, I got there some. you go. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Freddie says the business model has to be updated to account for this. You can't just say it's up to the customer. Um, Freddie says it's a shared responsibility, and that's probably true. Costco wipes. The gas gas pumps after every customer leaves, according to YouTube Punk. I did not realize this. I wear gloves and a mask when making necessary supply runs, which you should do. All of you should be doing, so make sure you are doing that. Greg says, um, outbid, let's see, outbid order arcade in Auburn. It's a friend of mine, not mine. So Greg is uh, familiar with an arcade there in Auburn that they're that they're using. So um, let's see, or out of order, excuse me. Uh, anything else? Okay, I think we're caught up there, Tim. So I think it's kind of mixed as to whether or not we should open yet or not. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of with YouTube Punk here uh, in the fact that he says that there's a lot of. Um, it seems like the the cases have really started increasing since we've kind of ordered st- ordered things to open back up. And and Tim, I mean, you can debate whether or not we're doing it too slowly or too quickly. I mean, but right. I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, I'm just glad I don't have to make the decisions. So, but it, here's the thing: I if really, you think it's too I quick, really don't oh, go ahead. The correct answer is. I don't know what the correct answer is, but it's just like beauticians and stuff. You know, a lot of them own their own shops, aren't able to get any stim. Besides the stimulus check, they're not getting any income. And uh, I feel for people. And if you're in that position, uh, just know our thoughts and prayers are with you. I want people to get to work, but I do want everybody to be safe. So, like I said, uh, there has to be a happy medium somewhere. We got to do what's best for people's livelihood and what's best for their health and i honestly don't know what that answer yeah, is and tim and, and like i said i think the biggest point is kind of like what we talked about in the arcade debate let let the places open and people can decide if you think it's too soon so. stay home don't go exactly yeah. so i mean and if you don't go out there so i mean it's up to you make the best decision according to what you think is right so uh, let's see. Tim got his brand of toilet paper. It's the little things, YouTube Punk says. Um, Luis says, maybe yeah, arcade yeah. owners should demand that customers wear gloves and masks when patronizing their businesses, minimize the risk. They could do that. That's one way to, to handle it for sure. But again, getting that personal protective equipment may be difficult. Pedro says, the yeah. real problem here is not the personal risk that I take when going out, is the risk that I impose to others. And that is true because a lot of times you may be right. infected and not know it. So, Right. Also... I've had this, I have this debate a lot. Gloves only protect one person, the person wearing them. You can spread it all over the place with a pair of gloves on, 
doesn't change that. That doesn't keep you from spreading it. It only keeps it from getting on your hands. Yeah, and Rusty said the same thing, Tim. Gloves don't help. All they do is transport medium from your skin to the gloves, and that is true. Uh, yeah. And Real Hammer Billy Lee says he agrees with Rusty. Unless you change out the gloves every time you touch something different, they won't help. That's Rusty. Mask are just a fashion statement. So with the mask, I, I think the biggest thing is that it doesn't necessarily keep you from getting it, but it keeps you from spreading it. And that is the key. So right. if you, you may have it and not know it. So if you wear a mask, it keeps you from spreading it. And that's really the thing. And they show that if everyone wears a mask, it does help with you not getting it as well. But if everybody wears a mask, it cuts your, it cuts your chance of getting it down significantly. So, Right. Well, it's kind of like, uh, Jonathan, the best analogy, and I think I could say this in front of the guys, if you had two guys with no clothes on and one of them urinated on the other guy, <laughs> they would both be right. wet. <laughs> if one guy wears pants, which would be like a mask, right. only he gets wet <laughs> over here, even though this guy may could possibly get a few sprinkles, it's not very likely. But if this guy and this guy both have pants on, only the guy that pees his pants is in trouble. <laughs> so when it, when it said it like that, it kind of made sense with a mask. So if both people are wearing masks, only person who's sick will stay sick, and hopefully. So I have kind of changed my opinion because I feel like it's just, I don't know. It's like making you do something. I, and I hated wearing one at work today, but once I kind of got past it, it, if I'm a carrier and I don't even know it, I certainly don't want to pass it on to any of my friends or coworkers or people or grandparents or any of that. So uh, I'll do it for a while, but I don't know how long. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, there you go. <laughs> YouTube Punk says, story time with Tim is the best. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. So um, I don't think we'll ever forget the, the peeing on your pants story there, Tim. <laughs> well, it, it brings we, – we can all – I mean, we know what I'm talking about there. It there works. you go. <laughs> so, uh, Joe says, um, the arcade I go to has hand sanitizer stations every 20 games or so, but rarely are they used. The problem is that people are just filthy in general. And that was kind of my point, Tim. We can't really leave it to people because people – you can tell them to do stuff. They're not going to do it. So, right. I mean, you can tell them – Somebody out there thinks thinks bat is uh, good. Exactly. To eat, That's how we got know? this whole mess. <laughs> so, so um, right. let's see. In the end, Tim is right. There must be a middle ground somewhere, and that's from Pedro Tim. So there you go. And I think we'll just leave it there. I like the I like leaving it with the peeing on your pants story. So we'll just we'll just leave it right there <laughs> and uh, and call it done. But Tim, we do want to remind everybody that regardless of whether they're open or not arcades are hurting and so i want to put this up here please support arcades that have been affected by the shelter in place and stay-at-home orders during this difficult time tim and we have a facebook link here tim that that goes to a post where we posted that if you had an arcade that's struggling please post it here in the comments and tim we just had i mean tons of comments on that thread of, of different arcades that are struggling so uh, we just we just want to you know tell you guys to support as many as you can so many arcades around the world are struggling due to shelter in place and stay-at-home orders that have been issued during the coronavirus pandemic Please consider supporting these establishments by pur purchasing t-shirts, gift cards, or other items from them if you have the means. Let's do our part to keep classic arcade gaming alive in our community. And Tim, I put a big logo for the Game Preserve up here. And the Game Preserve is, of course, the arcade that's run by Rusty and Eric, who are both in the live chat tonight, and also do our question and answer podcast. Tim, we bought shirts from them. You, um, I got them in the mail just the other day. I bought one for you and one for me, and we Yay. also bought a... a, a, a 
one of the shirts came with a, um, a free one-day pass as well that we hopefully will get to use at some point. But um, if you guys want to want to help out the Game Preserve, you can go to the Game Preserve Houston or GamePreserveHouston.com, which is also in the show links below. So if you guys want to help help them out, GamePreserveHouston.com. Buy a shirt, buy a buy a gift certificate, buy a game pass, buy something to help these guys out. But if if uh, you, if you have an arcade clear uh, close to you that you'd rather support, do that too. I mean, maybe you know you live right down the street from one that's really hurting you know do what you can to support them as well tim because if we don't support these arcades they're not going to be in business whenever we get back to quote unquote normal right and that's what we want to do so you guys do your part by shirts by merchandise by if they're a barcade by alcohol if that's allowed by whatever you can to help these arcades um stay in business because we want these places to be around for a long time so and uh, again a big shout out to Game Preserve because uh, both our friends Eric and Rusty are there. So GamePreserveHouston.com, get you get you some merchandise there and help them out. So there you go, Tim. So I'm gonna go ahead. We had a couple of live chat things. Um, Drew says, think about actual hard currency exchanges. Nobody is washing their dollar bills, and that's true too, Tim. I mean, I've been paying with card mostly because of that. I'm sure you have too. So. Well, one of my favorite things, John, is the pizza commercial. I won't say what company. Um, but it sounds like uh, Daddy Bill. <laughs> um, anyway, they're saying that um, they run the pizza through the oven and no human hands touch it after it comes out of the oven. I'm thinking, what were you doing before? Licking it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a good question, Tim. Oh, I've got some updates from Rusty. Rusty says he's making an effort to make to uh, keep all 12 employees paid. Um, so we're making every effort to keep our our 12 employees paid. Please show them. Uh, let's see. And YouTube Punk says, Game Preserve merch. Get your Game Preserve merch. And I got to say, Rusty, the uh, Dr. Mario shirt that I got for myself with the, that came with the uh, one-day pass is a pretty cool design and uh, definitely worth checking out. So GamePreserveHouston.com. Uh, let's see. People are peeling their pants, are peeing in their pants while driving alone in their car. Mean mask. <laughs> that was for YouTube Punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand that one. I take mine as I'm glad to get mine off as soon as I get in the Absolutely. car. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen people wearing uh, wearing masks in their cars, Tim. I don't think they realize that they can't catch it from themselves. I, I don't know, but uh, right. anyway. So uh, that's it. As far maybe they got their vent air on. Maybe you know they're, they're getting outside air. Maybe who knows? But anyway, uh, Tim, let's go ahead and move on to some more news items real quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, YouTube Punk says that uh, what, what did you call it, Daddy? Um, Daddy who? Daddy, Daddy Bills, Bills um, Daddy Bills is no longer massaging their pizzas. There you go. <laughs> <Maybe> that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, there you go. Maybe that's the case. But uh, anyway, Luis says, I use my smartphone to pay for everything nowadays. I do that with a lot of things, um, Starbucks, for instance. But, you know, there's still places where you have to use a card, Tim, or cash. So, you know, you got to do it sometimes. But anyway. Well, there's nothing dirtier than oh, money. No. So I, I have money that I put. I have a phone soap cleaner, Tim, which I highly recommend. And I'll put my money in the phone soap sometimes. So, um, good stuff. But uh, Greg says, did you guys hear about, um, let's see, the arcade sting in Texas? If not, go to Facebook on Jen May's page. Seems someone broke into an old operator's warehouse and was selling their games. They did a sting operation. I did not hear about this, Tim. Did you? No. Okay, we're going to have to check that out, Greg. We will definitely (laughs) check that out. I was not aware. So, Jen May's uh, Facebook page. There you go. We'll check it out. Oh, okay. I know Jen. There you go. Um, but anyway, um, is this the same Game Preserve from Indy? No, this is the Game Preserve in Houston, Texas, um, Drew, that you want to check out. GamePreserveHouston.com. GamePreserveHouston.com. So anyway, 
But speaking of Texas, Tim, I do want to mention that the Texas Pinball Festival 2021 show has been scheduled. Yay. So that means they must have gotten enough uh, people buying merch and things to uh, actually put up the collateral for the show, which is awesome. Hopefully the hotel works some things with them as well on this. But uh, Texas Pinball Festival 2021 is scheduled for March 26th to the 28th. 2021 at the Embassy Hotel and Frisco Convention Center in Frisco, Texas. Excuse me. All purchased 2020 weekend pass holders and vendors will be rolled into 2021. Thank you for everyone who bought merchandise, donated, or helped steer the ship. You saved TPF. You proved that the Texas Pinball Festival is truly your show. And Tim, I hate that we missed it this year, but at least we'll get an opportunity to go next year, hopefully after all this stuff. But if you guys want to continue to support the Texas Pinball Festival, you can still buy merch from their store at texaspinball.com slash TPF slash stores. So I'm um, glad to hear, Tim, that they were able to, to make it through it because I think, you know, it was kind of touch and go there for a while as to whether or not they'd even be able to continue doing the Texas Pinball Festival, so. Wow. But, and Rusty says the best pinball show in the world. That is correct. The best pinball show in the world. I think so, too. Texas Pinball Festival 2021. Hopefully, we'll see all of you guys there. Hopefully, it's packed, Tim. So, uh, we'll see, though. Yeah, I bet it will be. Yeah. You know it will be if every... This stuff has to be over by the I'm hoping so, too. Um, Luis says, man, I wish I was in Texas right now. My sister lives down there. Unfortunately, I am in New York. Man, Luis, we feel for you right now. New York has been heavily hit by the coronavirus. Hopefully, you and your family are doing well. So, Well, Tim, I'm kind of tired about talking about the virus. Is that just me? Uh, okay, okay, Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Are, are you feeling it, too? So let's just take some lighthearted stories for a minute, okay? How about this one right here, Tim? Okay. And you may have been aware of this, but many people were not. This woman's local pizza yeah. delivery actually came from Chuck E. Cheese in the know. And Tim, this <laughs> is about Pasquale's Pizza and Wings, which is apparently what Chuck E. Cheese is branding their takeout order business. So um, I'm wow. going to go ahead and read the description here. A Philadelphia woman is going viral after sharing on Reddit the unethical practice she discovered during what she believed was a run-of-the-mill pizza order. The woman placed her order through Grubhub, selecting a North Philadelphia-based spot called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. But when the food arrived, the woman and her husband realized something was strange about their pizza. It was actually from Chuck E. Cheese. Now, Tim, you knew this, I'm sure, because uh, you're familiar yeah. with Pasquale, right? Right. He is the uh, pizza chef in the Make Believe band there. Exactly. So um, for those people who may not be familiar with that, and Tim, the logo is pretty impressive too, I must say. So it looks like something that would be like a legit Italian style restaurant. And uh, it's amazing. I th and the, the other problem apparently with that uh, with that issue in Philadelphia is that there was another local restaurant named Pasquale's as well that I think the lady was trying to order from. So... Oh. Right, so if you read the Reddit, you're actually going to see it, but um, it's very interesting <laughs> to hear that. So um, be careful where you're ordering your pizza from. But here's the deal, Tim, with that said, Chuck E. Cheese pizza, not terrible, right? No, not for five ninety nine. It's actually pretty yeah, I good. Say. I actually, we actually got some. We got two large pizzas with one topping each. We got some mozzarella sticks, and uh, what else did we get? Oh, two... Buffalo wings or something it was like twenty seven bucks. I'm like, you know, I, you never usually one pizza at Chuck E. Cheese is like twenty seven right. bucks, right? <laughs> That's right. 
you get no gameplay, but I, there's some. That's one thing about it. There has been some pretty good deals. Some of our favorite restaurants have thrown on. Right, I, and you know, I think Chuck E. Cheese, obviously, Tim is probably struggling more than most because so much of their revenue is in games, and so they've been offering some crazy takeout deals. Like you said, five dollar pizzas, five dollar wings, and stuff like this. And so, um, and guys, the food is pretty is pretty good for what it is. So I mean, you know, I, I'd say take them up on it. Uh, Tim, they they run some promotions at our local one where kids eat free on Sunday. So if you order like a pizza, then you get the kids size pizza for free stuff like that and so um there's a lot of promotions they're trying to do to stay in business right now but uh, obviously it's um it's tough on them especially because of the game slash food model that they have right yeah the only thing i think is hilarious is that they didn't want to spend any money on advertising so um Anyway, if you notice, you went by Chuck E. Cheese. They just spray painted on the building, so it kind of looks like the Walking Dead apocalypse <laughs> happened, and they were just like uh, hiding inside. You like, you know, we're alive still or something. You know, is what I expected to say on the windows, but they said like five ninety nine pizza and wings. Now I know those are some funny images on the on the web. I was gonna say now I know now. Chuck E. Cheese came out and said that Pasquale's Pizza and Wings is that is their business. But one of the things they said was that the pizza was different than regular Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Uh, do you know anything about that? I did notice that, and um, Mike uh, Page will have to enlighten us. Um, I thought it tasted pretty good. I think that's what they were trying to say: is that we're trying uh, during this time to up our pizza and i'm like well what were you doing before just you know giving them the high top ingredients or right. what you know but evidently they are changed up their recipe just a little bit i couldn't tell it was significantly better but i heard i heard the okay. crust was a little bit thicker um they layer on more toppings and sauce so i mean i don't know if that's true that's just what Chuck E. cheese is claiming that they do but uh, yeah, like I said, considering yeah. you have an intimate uh, uh, relationship with Chuck E. Cheese Pizza for working there for so well, many years, you'd be able to tell. I have as much inside knowledge as there I had go. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. since you've been away for a little while. But, you know, I figured you'd be able yeah. to tell if it was if it was still Chuck E. Cheese Pizza or not. So Yeah, and they did even evenly cut it, and they didn't try to mix the pieces together. I, I still think that's hilarious that, some people think that's a real people thing. People still you believe know? that, Tim. People still believe that. I mean, I, I saw people posting our Facebook page Later. just today saying they believe that. Or the people take, yeah, they take pizza off of other people's, um, uh, off of the trays where they leave it behind and just piece it together. But, you know, not a real thing, guys. Not a real thing. Fake news, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, um, but anyway, if you're ordering from Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Oh, what you say? My supper just got here, so I'm going to Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'll let you eat a little bit, but we're going to continue on here. But it, just, guys, a reminder, public ser- service announcement. If uh, you're ordering from Pesquale's Pizza and Wings, you're probably getting Chuck E. Cheese pizza. So there we go. Um, uh, let's see. Delusional's Arcade's here, Tim. Hey, uh, thanks for being here, Delusional. Love having you here. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Looks like we're caught up with the live chat, so we'll continue on here, Tim. Uh, here's some more just, you know, lighthearted stuff while we're going through that. Blowing off steam with these reimagined arcade art pieces, Tim. And I don't know if you saw any of these, but um, 
on Arcade yeah. Heroes, they kind of took yeah, oh, they there. took some of the pictures from like old arcade flyers and things, and kind of gave them a makeover. So instead of you know the uh, you'll see the Tiger King one there, and I, I forget oh I forget the game that that Black Tiger right? I think that's a Black Tiger um, flyer is what that's based off of. But they've kind of redone it in the style of Tiger King. And of course, Paperboy giving uh, toilet paper instead of uh, regular paper um, you know uh, reading papers. And then we have the Crazy Uber instead of the Crazy Taxi, Double Dragon with the separation and <laughs> the mask on and then the um the dude bro um mortal Kombat uh, uh side art which i really liked as well so i mean there's a whole bunch of them there on that uh, arcade heroes post that i really encourage you guys to check out there's a link below in the show notes but um really funny stuff tim it's just good to laugh every once in a while i mean i know we're in quarantine but uh, yeah. you know you know you make the best of it so but anyway okay so i think Tim, I think that about does it for the show. So um, I, I'll just throw out some reminders and some contact information while you eat your supper real quick. What are we having tonight for dinner? Okay. I'm having catfish. Oh, catfish. To appreciation oh, well, there you go. They cooked fish at the school for my wife. She dropped me oh, off. Oh, well, there so. you go. It's nice of her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, uh, go ahead and eat your catfish, Tim, and I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, and read the rest of the announcements and things that we have. We want to remind everybody that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Uh, you can send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show epi- episodes. Make sure you put a plug-in for your channel so people know where to find you. And we look forward to your submissions. And Tim, we haven't gotten many of those recently, but again, um, you know, maybe you're just getting your channel started or you you have maybe just one arcade related video up there and you really like uh, some promotion for it get with us send us an email let us know what you got we'll take a look at it if we think it's really enough to arcade stuff we'll try to throw it on a live show episode for you uh, Luis says, those are nice. Maybe they could still um, sell those to raise funds for arcade owners. Oh, maybe the, the little flyers t- there, Tim. That's not a bad idea. Maybe, uh, you know, support some some owners with uh, with that, um, with those uh with those flyers that we were looking at. That'd be cool. So anyway, let's continue. Guys, we're going to remind everybody that the general email to send in questions to us is questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show on the subject, it'll get mentioned on the show. Otherwise, we will get around to it whenever we get a chance. But again, that's questions at arcaderepairtips.com. And then, Tim, we have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. For those of you guys who are watching this live, of course, you're already here. But if you're listening to this on the podcast or or maybe you're watching this on our website, you can check out our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And we try to cover comments from the last live show on the next episode. So if you're watching this and you'd like to get your question on the next episode, you can leave it in the comments section on YouTube. Or you can send us an email and put live show in the subject line like we discussed before. And then, Tim, we have our podcast at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. And Rusty and Eric were both nice enough to drop in tonight and watch the show. But they are the host of the Question and Answer podcast and also co-owners of the Game Preserve in Houston. And so if you'd like to talk to them, send them an email at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com or subscribe to the podcast on our iTunes page at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com or stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com if you prefer the Stitcher client. Tim, we're also on Spotify. If you do a search for Arcade Repair Tips, you'll find us. So uh, subscribe to us on those platforms you'll be glad you did 
And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. And we want to thank Louie and Mark for their constant dedication to making sure there is updated news and answering questions on those pages, but especially on our Facebook page. And that's at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. And then we also have our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, the cross-posting between the Facebook and Twitter feed was broken for a little bit, but we have since repaired it. So now things are getting posted once again but uh, from the Facebook page to the Twitter feed. Sorry about that, guys. That was a temporary little thing. It looks like um, the Twitter little client for Facebook may have broken. So um, we, we've gone about this a different way now. But you should be getting the same news regardless of whether you subscribe to us on Facebook or Twitter. And so we do want to thank again Mark and Louie for their constant dedication and work to keeping you updated with the latest arcade news on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Tim, I think that does it for the live show part of this thing. So um, do you have anything else before we move into the after show? Anything you want to tease? No, just um, if uh, anything, 2020 has been the year of change. Uh, absolutely. And uh, we've had some pretty drastic ones. So we're going to keep rolling with the changes around here. We'll announce some a couple new ones that I have coming up. But I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and um, so Tim's got some exciting announcements. I've got some announcements that we'll be talking about. Um, Non-arcade-related announcements, of course. And then we've also are going to be talking about some sports. We'll be doing, um, you know, just some general movie and TV show talk. Tim, I do want to mention that we both have uh, seen Waco that uh, was the Paramount Network um, and now on Netflix uh, version that is basically a documentary, not a documentary so much as a docudrama about, um, you know, what went down with, um, you know, Mount Carmel and uh, David Koresh and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Waco, stay tuned in the after show. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you tune in on YouTube and watch the after show there. Tim, is there anything else you want to say before we head out? No, just thank everybody that tuned in. Uh, we know uh, some stuff is back to normal. We hope that um, you're, you're and your family are safe and that we really don't want anybody to get sick and hope that you're well and uh, that you're able to go to work or go to work Absolutely. Soon. We wish that you all are uh, happy and well, and please continue to be safe. Practice good social distancing, wear masks when possible, and anything else to keep yourself and your family safe during this time. Uh, you know, and, and guys, just we hope so much that you can join us here uh, for the next live show in June. Hopefully, we're going to have – hopefully, Tim will be in the same room next month. So I am hoping for that, and, uh, you know, I I hope that the social distancing doesn't last too much longer. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to get out and about, but I think I am ready to at least get together and do a live show in the same room together. So um, hopefully the June episode will be that. But, guys, we want to thank all of you guys for sticking around with us, watching the live show tonight, and for joining us here in the live chat. You guys are what make the show. All of you who are watching and are in the live chat, we just thank you guys so much for all of the great things that you um, that you guys have done for us uh, by participating in all the content that we make. But uh, guys, keep your family safe. Be safe. Join us for the after show if you want to. Um, otherwise, we'll see you next month. And remember, here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, we play the game. Take care, we everybody, and we'll see you next month or we'll see you in the after show. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself.
The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.